This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, what's going on? Have you seen, I have not seen it. Have you seen the Mario movie? No, but the reviews are insane. Yeah, well, the main thing I want to talk about is, have you heard the song that Jack Black does? No. Okay, it's been stuck in my head. It's it's a uh, it's a love song from Bowser to Peach. It's so <laughs> good. It's so it's so bad. Good, like I don't even think it's a bad bad music until the end. He just goes like Peach, but <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's been stuck in my head. There's a bunch of TikToks with it, and uh, that's how I accidentally I didn't even want to know about it until I saw the movie. But I heard that, and it's on Spotify, so I checked it out, and I was like, oh man, this like weird movie song has been stuck in my head for about two days now it's uh it's great and that's what's going on no i i twitter has told me that i need to go see the movie and uh my kindergarten niece she says it's great so (laughs) the only review i need that's all i need she loves movies so no um all good reviews but uh yeah, getting those movies in before <coughs> season, preseason, oh, camp, all the fun stuff. This is a boring time of year. Um, not a whole lot going on because we are talking about pick 28 again. We're two weeks from tonight. Two weeks from tonight, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be a couple hours away from maybe sitting at 28, maybe trading back. But at the moment, feels like they're going to sit right there. Best player available. A lot of top 30 visits for them. I've said it before on the pod. I said it on a Tuesday's pod, but it just feels like they're having more top 30 visits than normal for them. I have no clue why. It's all kinds of different positions. It's definitely not just one main tight end, um, cornerback room. You look on the defensive line, just different players coming into Cincinnati, and I think that's the best thing for them. We talked about it on Tuesday's pod, too, that they're just in a really good situation. Yeah, you know, question mark or right tackle. Will they go offensive line? Will they add another tight end to the room and early in the draft? We do not know where they're going to go. But as we're getting closer, did your mind change on who they should take 28? Not really. I mean, BPA all the way. That's, that's the entire time. That's why I was a big one of BJ. He's pretty clearly not going to be there. But um, whoever it is, if it's Darnell Wright, awesome. If it's Michael Mayer, cool. If it's Dalton Kincaid, 
I hope he learns how to block, but that is some awesome stuff for the passing offense. Uh, I just think that the Florida def- the Florida defenders, when they played Utah, I think they didn't huddle. They went to the huddle and they played rock, paper, scissors to see who got to go against Dalton Kincaid next time <laughs> um, because they all gave him the business. But um, he's an awesome receiver. Darnell Washington, sure, awesome. Uh, I don't know. Like there should be somebody available that's that's – worth getting excited about i think miles murphy is that even if he got his butt kicked a little bit by michael mayer in notre dame i still think he's a good player uh there are players i don't know if i would be that excited about but where we are right now i think there will be somebody on the board that's worth getting excited over yeah i for some reason i've told you before i keep jumping back and forth when it comes to the tight end position I've said Michael Mayer, and at the same time, the Dalton Kincaid stuff is growing on me just a little bit. The blocking scares me. Injuries scare me. Well, the injury of the back injury. The back injury with being a Bengals fan, analyst, whatever, having any relationship with the Bengals, tight end back injury doesn't seem great. I'm sure the Patriots probably feel the same way about, like, with Gronk, that's uh, basically – he had lower body stuff too, but I think it was the back stuff that, like, killed his career, so – tight ends and these back injuries i'd prefer he gets that never and at least when he's in his 30s or something not coming into the league with a back injury that just that does scare me a bit even if he is cleared it's bringing back memories i remember i was doing a bangle show it was called beyond the stripes a couple years ago with paul daner and a couple of people from the inquire and it was a couple years into tyler towards the end of his career in cincinnati and he was finally healthy And I got a call from his agent. He was going to be the guest on the show. And he said, hey, Lindsay, I have to tell you something. It's not public news yet. It will be tomorrow. Tyler's injured again. And it's a back injury. And I was just like, oh, season's over. And I always think about that with Tyler Eifert because he's always that what could have been tied in for them if healthy, you know, what a playmaker he was going to be on this offense, but he couldn't stay healthy. And you could even put AJ Green in that category, but on the wide receiver position. And I've always just thought with the back injury, it just connects me to that memory of Tyler Eifert. And I'm like, I don't think I want them to go that route. Uh, but at the same time, Dalton Kincaid is still really high in the draft. A lot of people think he's going to be gone. It's 15-20, the first tight end off the board. We've talked about him plenty, but if you missed an episode when we talked about the tight end position why are people so high on him if he can't even block all the receiving stuff he's um i don't know if there's really good comparison out there because you can't really block so you think big slot type but he's not he's a pretty smooth athlete i think right now he has to learn how to kind of tempo his stuff he kind of just runs everything full speed which is fine it's awesome to see somebody get in and out of their breaks that quick but it's kind of also just like you don't need to go full speed the whole time. It was actually funny. I listened to um, the New Heights podcast with Travis and Jason Kelsey, friends of our show, of course. Yeah. Uh, they interviewed uh, oh. Shannon Sharp, and Shannon Sharp basically said the same thing when he came in the league. He was like, I ran everything full go. And then John Elway had to tell him, like, hey, I know you're going to get there. Like, what you're doing right now is too slow for my three-step drop, too fast for my five-step drop. You have to just slow it down a little bit, be there when I need you there, not as fast as you can get there. And that kind of changed things for him. And I feel like that's kind of what Kincaid might have a little bit right now. Uh, but for, on the good side, incredible hands. His drop percentage, I believe, was like 1.2 on the season. 1.6%. Nobody else is even under three out of all the draftable tight ends. Um, 
his contested catch percentage was also 58.8. And both those things show up. He's got great body control. He's got an amazing hands. He can catch the ball over anybody. He never drops a pass. Very reliable. If you're talking about who has the biggest um, <clears throat> boom chance, because when you think of tight end, who are the guys that really make a difference? It's really just Kittle, Kelsey, Andrews Waller when they're healthy and full go maybe. But, you know, it, it's it's those guys. And then it feels like there's a big drop off. Like even if your next guy is whoever, I, I don't know who you want to throw in there, but um, say it's even TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson doesn't change the defense the same way those guys do. So it almost feels like two tiers before you get to the next guy. And if that's probably where Mayor will play in that Hawkinson level, Goddard level, um, and he's a good chance of being somewhere in that range. Now, Kincaid has a sneaky bust chance just because I think he could end up like a Gasicki, and Gasicki to me is kind of a bust where you can't block and you're not a good enough receiver that it makes any difference, and you're losing all your snaps to like Adam Shaheen and um, the other Dolphins tight ends. But the boom chance is also big. Like we think, I think of these guys with like boom, middle ground, which is usually the most, and then bust chance. And the Kincaid boom chance and the bust chance are both pretty big. <laughs> It's a fun pick. It's a fun pick, and I think that his ability to catch the ball and you know jump out of the gym, sky over people, be a red zone threat, be an intermediate and deep threat, as well as a shallow, reliable target, will probably be maximized with Joe Burrow. He has to work on some stuff himself. I think also release, which is something Mayer does really well. But what he can do that Mayer doesn't do is basically he's an elite athlete, and Mayer just isn't right now. Uh, well, I don't think he ever will be, but uh, yeah, that, that I think is the quick one. You get an elite athlete who's an awesome hands guy, awesome contested catch, everything you could imagine in the passing game, that potential is there and he's already pretty darn good at it. It's the blocking that who, who knows if that gets better. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Uh, Foster Moreau was actually on the Adam Schefter podcast, and uh, Jake, I, I didn't go back and listen to it, but Jake Lisko was tweeting out some of the quotes, and it really sounded like if the deal wasn't on the table uh, before he went to the Saints for his physical, that it was going to be really hard to pass up a deal with the Cincinnati Bengals to reunite with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. Um, and, and you think about what the tight end room, how different that would look. Um, but Fortunately, that worked out for Foster Morell. Just a very unfortunate situation, but finding mm -hmm. out everything behind the scenes and, and hopefully, you know, he'll bounce back in the NFL. But um, but at the same time, when you move over to other position groups, I I know we've talked about Emmanuel Forbes before. And if you look at that pick, we've talked history in the 20s for the Cincinnati Bengals team. I still feel like cornerback is an option, but if they don't get Emmanuel Forbes and he could be gone, it's like a it's a love-hate relationship with him on mock drafts because a lot of people are like, oh, he could go in early in the NFL draft or nobody's going to drop and be there at 60, which I don't believe that. But at the same time, if Emmanuel Forbes isn't there and they decide, hey, I want to go to cornerback, who would you feel comfortable with at cornerback at 28 as BPA. I actually feel more comfortable with like a Deontay Banks than I do Forbes. I think Forbes ball production, ball skills, crazy. You can't teach that. I think there is stuff he has to learn. And while he looked like a, he looked like a good athlete on film, he tested like an elite athlete, but he did that probably 20 pounds under what he's going to have to play at in the NFL. Are you still an elite athlete if you have to gain 20 pounds? Cause that's kind of the whole thing about all these guys dropping weight and running real great. Well, He's not dropping weight. He's trying to put on the weight now. And 
Are you still that good? Are you still that good of a mover? I think he has some technical issues. His base gets real narrow at times. Well, I've talked a lot about why I'm not the biggest fan. I see a, a round two type guy, but I also think all the other metrics point to him being a round one guy. And I understand to take my evaluation as just part of this and not the entire thing. But I will say personally, uh, right now, I think Deontay Banks also just like an elite athlete. I don't, I think whatever, I don't know the issue with him, but um, I think he'll be gone. So if you want to play in the cornerback waters, I still give. And this guy is all over the place because I've seen him round three. I've seen him round one. I put him as a very early second. And that's Cam Smith from South Carolina. I really like him. Yeah, he's really physical. Uh, some people put him as a slot, and I didn't really get that because the only time he played in the slot was to stick with Jalen Hyatt, Tennessee's second, either best or second best player, but they're vertical threat. Uh, so that I liked him a lot. I think um, the guy, and they've had a visit. They've had a visit with him, and I think this would be the very divisive pick. Would be uh, Keely Ringo. Because at times I do see the Drake Kirkpatrick in it, and at other times I see a guy, and I don't think Drake Kirkpatrick was bad. I think he was fine. But, you know, I don't know if you want that in the first round. He's stiff, definitely stiff. There's no other way around it. And he doesn't really decelerate well, but he actually, I thought I would hate his film more than I did. Like, I kind of liked it. And even that Ohio State game where he gives up a whole bunch of yards and touchdowns, I didn't hate it because it was a lot of he did a good job and then uh, CJ Stroud would like roll out and the receiver would go the plays basically over but out of structure the receiver would go running and he wouldn't he wouldn't do a good job uh, covering guys out of structure but he did a pretty good job in structure I don't know I and he did a good job on Quentin Johnston I thought who's going to be maybe a first round receiver from TCU so I would actually be okay with that as well any of those three. I, I have come to grips with it is not just my evaluation with Forbes. You know, everything else points to it being good. Now, if he doesn't pan out, I will be a little bit of I told you so. But uh, if he does pan out, I'm not going to – don't do it back to me because I'm clearly saying right now it's okay. <laughs> no, um, I'm just joking. But uh, Cam Smith, I think Cam Smith is the guy that uh, – he corner. he's got really good grip strength. I think that is something that's weird, but – it's a little bit important when he gets a hold of a guy, they don't get away. Like he, he just grabs on kind of like Jermaine Pratt has that sometimes where he just grabs a guy when he's got to tackle them. And it's just like, they are stuck. And I think that translates a little bit to when he's playing like press jam and he hits a guy and kind of grab onto him. And it's just like, I can't get your hand off of me with these chops and rips. So they would go cam Taylor Britt, cam Smith, Cheeto, just yeah. I mean, if, if if Cam Smith ended up taking Cheeto's spot the following year, if they don't extend Cam Cheeto, Cam 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 do on the secondary, <laughs> uh, but we I'm gonna hit on this really quickly before we wrap up the segment. We get to the mailbag. Uh, the NFL Network reported today, and I know we were talking about uh, the defensive line on Tuesday's pod, but she said the Bengals had Clemson's Miles Murphy in for their top 30 visit this week. They could either go edge at 28, which we really went in depth on, and you have a great piece on all Bengals, but most likely it's gonna come down to best player available for them. What do you think about Miles Murphy? I I like Miles Murphy. Um, reminds me a little bit of Carl Lawson, longer arms than him, uh, but he likes to use that long arm rush that Carl always used. Um, I think he's a pretty good run defender. 
times i think he needs to you know combination blocks and stuff but i'm not gonna get too in depth because not a ton of time but i like him i think he didn't show a ton as a pass rusher but at the same time i don't think clemson's defense or most of these college defenses really are asking these guys to just pin their ear back and go get the quarterback i think there's the tools there to develop into a, a guy as a pass rusher he's an okay run defender It'd be a pretty solid pick. I'd, get, I'd give it like a B, I think. And I think the Bengals would be very interested because when I did my piece on all the edge guys, uh, he had one thing come up that wasn't above – that uh, would be in the bottom quartile for all the Bengals' edge picks. And he had, I think, six or seven things come up that he was above average in what they typically look for. So I think they would really like having him. Uh, more than uh, Lucas Van Ness. Those are the two guys that could fall. And I think if they were both there, they would go Miles Murphy over Van Ness. And personally, I probably would too. All righty. Well, we're two weeks away. We'll get to the mailbag questions next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.